0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Brody Fest, the podcast where we are watching Adrian Brody's films in chronological order. I am your host, Linnea Bullion,
1: joined by my lovely co-host, Amelia Bross. Hi, Amelia. How are you today? I'm doing great. I, I honestly thought you were going to say, well, we watch Adrian Brody's movies so you don't have to.
0: <laughs> I should start saying that in the intro. <laughs> In this case, we won't need to because uh, oh, Amelia. Yeah, what did we, we have watch? We a
1: delight today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we watched uh, the 2014 film *Grand Budapest Hotel*, and the description is: a writer encounters the owner of an aging, high-class hotel, who tells him of his early years serving as a lobby boy in the hotel's glorious years under an exceptional concierge.
0: Yeah. I mean, could I can't, I
1: can't say enough about Ray Fine's performance.
0: <laughs> oh, he's delightful. This yeah, I I I saw this, you know, I'm a F- Wes Anderson I wouldn't say stan, but I am I am known to like Wes Anderson more his early work than later and but Grand Budapest Hotel I think stands out to me amongst his later work that it's just like a little I don't know more true to form or whatever Uh, it's also just like uh, the set design the production design like it's it's so beautiful to watch the entire time
1: it's so beautiful Um, and none of it felt overdone excessive or unnecessary you know. Exactly.
0: Like right. Which all, can happen with Wes Right. Anderson. Right. It, it can
1: all just feel like really fake and not believable. But I think the hotel was the perfect setting for him to like go off with his design and his love of like little tiny details. And I thought the concierge character was just so perfect and so unique. I mean, he was, um, he's like, he, he reminded me of some other character that we know now that's like like a true brody oh he, no he reminded me of have you ever seen the white lotus
0: oh yes
1: of that concierge i feel like that concierge <laughs> from the
0: first season
1: yes <laughs>
0: interesting interesting
1: i mean definitely um you know would never treat his uh guests the way right. that guy did right right of course but, but just you know like a guy a concierge who like really cares about his job and like right has- well I've
0: been reading um the novel and, and by reading I mean it's been taking me like two and a half months but still reading uh a gentleman in Moscow which he, the main character is basically like a former gentleman who finds himself back in Russia after the Bolshevik revolution when like, obviously nobility and property no longer means anything and kind of like him finding his place again in the world. And, um, his character reminds me a lot of Ray Fine's character. There's a lot of crossover there of just kind of like the do's and don'ts that like your station is important, no matter what you're doing, right? Like anything worth doing is worth doing,
1: with panache oh, I guess. oh yeah, and like a respect and and I literally can't stop bringing it up but have you watched the bear I've seen parts of it I've okay, seen so you, have you seen you haven't seen season two yet no I've only seen like
0: half of season one so far oh okay I can't remember we went a bit over this but it's when it when- this is personal but when the first season came out i had dated too many restaurant
1: boys oh my god right oh my god Uh, yes
0: i had i had dated too many restaurant boys too recently and my heart was a little uh a little
1: too and he is that guy yeah literally
0: (laughs) totally so i was just a little bit like i can't do this right i
1: think you even sent me an article that was written about Jeremy Allen White's character being like that classic douchebag that girls want to date.
0: He's the restaurant guy. Like he is the hot restaurant guy, which is not good for your heart, but like damn if they're not fine, you know? Oh my God,
1: damn if they couldn't get it when they ask.
0: Right, yes sure. you know? (laughs) I mean, I did. Yes, I, saw, I saw some headline recently that was like, Yes, Jeff is the new daddy.
1: And I was like, Yeah, where have you been? This has always existed. <laughs> also, what would they say on Iron Chef? Was did would they say yes, Chef? I don't remember. It's been so long. It but I something. did
0: I did love watching that show as a child. Iron I would chef. so we didn't have cable till I was in high school and i like really missed out on a lot of the formative cable television shows that my peers watched yeah. but in high school after like hanging out with friends or whatever i would come home at like you know 10 p.m. cuz of curfew woo and i would just like <laughs> i would just sit on this like really uncomfortable kitchen chair in front of this like tiny little tv that you know those like fold down tvs that some kitchens would have oh my god we had one of those yes and it but it was like tiny and i would i would like flip it down and i would watch iron chef sitting on that chair for like two hours on a weekend night and i would always be really hungry and just in this kitchen not knowing how to cook watching these people make incredible food the whole oh. time watching
1: the bear all I want is a Chicago style hot dog. Oh man, that sounds so good. It's and I still haven't gotten it. I literally oh, I just you live in Chicago. I, no. <laughs> I have not gotten a Chicago hot dog since December and it was at Portillo's. Oh. I have not been to like a local great dog stand yet and I need to change that. I was about to say, Amelia. I think
0: that should be your goal for the week. Yes, yeah, get go. my ass
1: to a local dog stand and get myself a Chicago dog. Exactly. Do it
0: for us. You do know it what? I, for the,
1: you know what I love is that people here hate ketchup. <laughs> they can't stand it. You love that? I love ketchup. I do. I love ketchup, but I just love that they hate it here. It's just. Is it what?
0: So is it? It's relish, onions, and mustard. mustard is that what's on?
1: Peppers, okay. um, mm. s- uh, uh, something, salt, celery, salt. I think. Ah, okay. Tomatoes. The onions
0: would would actually kill me. So. No. I can't. I can't eat onions. Oh my god, bro. Particularly raw, I would. I would die.
1: Not well, actually, would not but die. it would die. Be- so I would, would not be- die, but it would be physically very painful would it, for like, my body F- to up your digestive system.
0: Yeah, I actually do. If I eat raw onions, <laughs> hot girl IBS over here. If I eat raw <laughs> onions, uh, I I actually do get like it's it's less because you know people like I feel like associate IBS with just like poop stuff, but. If I eat a raw onion, I will actually be like doubled over in like the worst stabbing pains you could ever imagine. Like it physically feels like I'm being stabbed in the stomach slash guts if By I onions. eat onions. Yeah, but it specifically raw. It's like if I if they're cooked to shit, I I might get a little bloated, but I'll be fine probably. Mm-hmm. But like if it's if it's a raw onion, I'm donezo.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, raw onions aren't the best anyways
0: yeah yeah yeah
1: fuck them you
0: know what on this part, you know we what we say
1: fuck raw onions we yeah we're not about we don't we don't really who needs a raw onion i don't who needs certainly a raw onion?
0: i don't amelia doesn't we don't
1: we don't uh <laughs> So well, back to this film. It's r- interesting that we're di- digressing, even though it was a great film. Even though we liked it. it well, I r- think that's part of it is
0: because we have less to critique about it because right. we're like, yeah, it's good. Yeah, it, it's, good. Yeah, it's
1: really it. just going to be like, oh, I really love this. and I really, But I yeah. do want to say just how much I adore the relationship between the concierge and the lobby boy. Oh, it's so cute. It's wonderful. I mean, it was just like so beautiful and and one of the things i will say that i noticed at the beginning of the movie is that it was very very white like all the characters were like very 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 white so it was nice to have like a main character that was not you know right right like because i it was like standing out to me in this movie just like how very white everybody was
0: well i'm sure that's part of the the point too i mean aesthetic you you think no, not the aesthetic, but literally just like Eastern Europe in the nineteen thirties. Right. <laughs> like that is that is what you're gonna get for the most part.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: but yeah, I I also, Adrian Brody playing a villain. Give me more of that. The man is a great villain.
1: Did we never, learn nothing from Jalo?
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> that. That's a different I'm like we don't even need to go into that uh a different set of, but it is like I it was one of those things where I was like, oh, like he seems like he's having fun and like yeah, not taking himself seriously. and I think part of my issue with watching him often is a lot of times he just seems like a man who takes himself so seriously that to see him even like playing a villain in a movie like this, you're just like, oh, he's having a blast. Yeah. Like he's having a blast he's cussing left and right he doesn't have an accent and I love that he doesn't have an accent because we all well I don't know you I know hope how that we goes know how I I hope we know how I feel about Brody accents which is not good
1: right not great not great, not and, great. and and he was like he was he was owning it you know and not taking himself too seriously in this in yeah. this movie like he was having fun and i loved his look yes the mustache
0: works for it, him. it
1: really really worked the mustache and the hair really worked for him
0: yeah i was like, definitely i'm team mustache almost all the time
1: <laughs> like in terms of him playing a silly character like he's played silly characters before that we've seen and it just has not worked this is like really the right. first time that like it really, like, because he's really tried to do comedy in the past, you know? Like, he's tried so, to be funny.
0: Yeah, I mean, and I would I would say that's probably, again, as, as we've often said, like, he needs a good director to be able to really, really shine, I think. And, like, this is one of those moments where I'm like, oh, yeah, like... And also because everything else in this world is a little over the top a little everything else in this world is very over the top yeah. he fits into it the problem is when we've seen him do these very flashy characters in other movies no one else is doing that and so he sticks out like a store of thrum and just like doesn't fit into the world like when he was like psycho pete or whatever That's that what guy I was, was. About. like i knew it was <laughs> like he didn't feel like he fit into that world because it was just like the stakes of his character felt so much more intense than everyone else whereas in this movie it's like every everything's intense everything's over the top and so because of it 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 just works
1: yeah you know? it is it, just high school it felt like Adrian Brody was in a different movie than everybody else was
0: yes yes
1: it just did not work
0: <sighs> no well and we also we just didn't like that movie either i actually i i will report that, that um i saw the other day on I think it was the movies subreddit, somebody posed the question like who has had the the highest career highs and lowest career lows? And, and uh, Adrian Brody was, was definitely in there. I, I went to go see if I needed to comment it, but he was already there. Yeah. And uh, I, I plugged the pod a little bit. I didn't say the name of the pod, but I was like, I can second this because I've been watching all of his movies and dear Lord, most of them are unwatchable. And then someone asked me if I had seen Detachment and they asked and what I thought. Like, yes, and
1: you were like, yes, and were they going, wait? have you even seen detachment do you know what you're talking about he makes well so
0: we did not we did not get into an argument thank god it was a an actually kind a kind discourse kind exchange on the internet where i was like yeah you know that one really didn't work for me uh you know i just kind of felt like things weren't taken as uh seriously as they should have been or whatever and then and they responded like yeah i really liked it but i was in the mood for a depressing movie and and i saw like how it has the most mixed reviews of any movie i've ever seen and i was like okay great awesome good for you i'm glad you liked it
1: okay like i wouldn't even call the movie depressing it was it was just infuriating and confusing
0: (laughs) but i don't know like i i can see theoretically why and i i don't know i think there's a part of it too where I feel like if you saw it when it came out, it would be a vastly different experience than us watching it now, right? Like, I do. I think that era of filmmaking, I don't know, just like the world was a different place then. I think it, it was, 20, when was that? 2011 or something I thought it was like 12,
1: 2012.
0: 2012? But yeah, around that time. I don't know. I feel like we weren't as kind of like on the lookout all the time for the the mistakes No, it it was of...
1: pre me too. Yeah. It was literally yeah. it was pre me too, pre Trump, pre pandemic. Like yeah. all these things are like yeah. wa- watershed moments in like yeah. like cultural history that like you could argue we genuinely were not the same afterwards. Yeah. Like and i there's... mean it's a
0: lolita storyline and and uh we're supposed to just support that um just which you know um i suppose we should also keep talking about the actual movie <laughs> but um
1: that we Grand the
0: Hotel. well i remember when this came out it it is for all its whimsy it is also a very dark movie yeah and, I think Wes Anderson tends to have like a undercurrent of darkness in most things like that deals with like really heavy stuff. But I feel like this was kind of the first one where I was like, Oh, Oh, that character just straight up got murdered. Like, okay, that's where we are now. (laughs) And I remember at the time when I saw it feeling like very, um, unsettled, I guess in the movie, like watching that happen.
1: Yeah. Um I I I was taken aback by the um the shootout scene when they're mm-hmm. I believe in the hotel and they're all shooting mm-hmm. their guns and everything and I was like, okay, this is a Wes Anderson movie, no one's getting hit, no one's, you know, like people are running through right. bullets like it's okay. Right. But I just was like I've never seen really a shootout like this in a Wes Anderson movie.
0: <laughs> I know, I'm trying to think if that yeah, I guess not. Well, and it's just also like the uh, like Willem Dafoe's character is so scary. He's so scary. Um, yeah, I, uh, I yeah, I don't know. I, I just I think it, this is one of those, and and I have this for a few of of Wes Anderson's movies where like I like it more. Like, each successive time I watch it, right? Like, when I first saw The Life Aquatic, I had a similar feeling to this movie, where I was just a little bit like, I don't know, the plot took a turn that I wasn't expecting, and I'm uncomfortable because of it. Um, But then, like, once you accept that, I don't know, I'm sure it's, like, my lack of uh, ability to... (laughs) Practice radical acceptance, Amelia. (laughs) It's like (laughs) wanting things to be different than they are, right? Uh, And this movie has some of that as well. And I think so, like, you know, when you watch it, the more you watch it and you know those plot beats are going to happen, you can be like, okay, this is a thing that's going to happen and it's fine.
1: Yeah, right, exactly. And, and, And I thought that this movie, you know, like, handled the difficult subjects with whimsy really well. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I I'm specifically thinking about that, you know, that like that that, that first time that like the Gestapo try to take the lobby boy from the train. Yeah. You know, and like Ralph Fiennes is like he has his papers. He hasn't done anything wrong. You can't just take him because he's an immigrant. Right. And then they're like. Right. We're gonna take him because he's never gonna and, it, yeah, and it's yeah, like... yeah 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 and, and, and in that and then that wes anderson style it all really works it's like it is dark but it is right. also whimsical but right. it, it gets a point across and it's funny but also scary you know yeah
0: it's it's interesting like how many undercurrents of just like because it's you know before i watched this i had even forgotten about like the entire war plot line and like because it's it's like you know not really the main point of the movie that there's like essentially like you said like a Gestapo like that's not the point because you're kind of viewing Adrian Brody and Willem Dafoe as the main baddies Mm -hmm. but then there's also it's like this undercurrent of like even even when they defeat that it doesn't matter because there are larger forces at play that like you just can't stop that just are gonna muck stuff up and
1: yeah I thought that there was that there was like an interesting scene between Ralph Fiennes and the lobby boy, which I, which I just felt like was a little bit out of his character when when he was like, you know, he, I think they're in a car and he's talking to the lobby boy and he's like, you know, this is what, you know, it's, it's a rough world out there. This is why you, you know, we have to try to make our little difference. However, you know, however, and then he goes, it goes, it may be, you know, and I'm like, Dude, I, I thought that you felt like your job as a concierge was deeply important. And that's why I thought that, you know, your character was so interesting, you know?
0: Was that also why the part where he goes, ah, oh, fuck it. And like, yeah, they just like, yeah. keep drinking. I actually loved that moment. Like, I, I don't think I felt, I felt like, because to me, like, even though the details always mattered to him, it did I did always feel like he knew that it didn't really matter. That, like, he was holding on to the concept of details matter. Like, a sense of control in an uncontrollable world, right? Like, if you get the napkins folded right and whatever, then everything's okay. It it just, like, so when he finally readily acknowledged, like, oh, fuck it, like, what am I talking about? I was like, oh, yeah, that's who this person really is and has been this whole time. Yeah,
1: actually true, because it's also, like, he's he he does have you know counter cultural beliefs that he's willing to stand up for because he was willing to stand up for the lobby boy so many times and like go so far right. out of his way to keep him safe that that right. he's not just like about following the rules and down to the letter
0: yeah well and it's yeah it's interesting too cuz i feel like there's there's a density to this plot that that a lot of the newer Wes Anderson movies don't have like the the layers of like between the fact like there's a war brewing there's also like this whole will thing there's also this concept of like Ray finds sleeping with the guests which I think they handle super well where they like you know he acknowledges that he is sleeping with these women but he doesn't like, you never see it, and he also, like, I, I like that it's mostly just alluded to, right? Like, it's but mostly it's just kind like, of, like, wink, wink.
1: He sleeps with these women, but he has these powerful emotional connections to them. Like, he's at their funeral, you know?
0: Right, well, and that's the thing that's, I think, interesting, and also the the kind of, like, line of, like, does he, though? You know, like, he says he does. Does he? Like, there is a little bit, I think, the undercurrent Uh, is that he might be gay no not that he might be gay but that he's sleeping with these women to get their fortunes that he is essentially like a gigolo in order to secure future wealth or whatever like it's never expressly stated that's me reading into it but i i like that that's kind of like hidden in there as in like i mean if this man can say like oh fuck it what we do doesn't matter is he honest about the fact that like he does actually enjoy sleeping with these women? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's up to interpretation. I think
1: think his character is ultimately a lover of people, you know, because he does like, he remembers every single guest that's ever been in the grand Budapest, you know, like down to their names, knows their story, knows their history, you know, like knows about their lives. That we know of. (laughs) What do you mean?
0: Oh, it's The moment when Ed Norton is like, oh, he showed me a great kindness. Yes. I thought there was a moment where it seemed like Ray Fiennes was lying about the fact that he knew him and remembered him.
1: Oh, no, I don't think so. I, I, I don't, I don't, then, then why would Ed Norton have gone along with him and let the lobby boy go on the train? Because Ed Norton knew
0: that, like, Ed, it was important to Ed Norton, but it wasn't important to ray fines like they're i don't know they 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 played that scene in a way where ray fines was like like looked kind of to the side and was like oh right or no i thought <laughs> he was like,
1: like i know you this is your name i remember your mother
0: uh he only says little albert i don't think he says anything about the parents or something I don't know. We'd have to rewatch. I took that as, like, that was one of those moments where I was like, ooh, does he actually know this? But they don't address it again. So I think, again, it's like a little bit up in the air.
1: Yeah, maybe. Um,
0: he remembers all the old ladies. That's for damn sure.
1: That's for goddamn
0: sure. <laughs> well, and that was the other. So that was actually, I think he did talk about the mother, but that was the other moment where I was like, you know, what's up with the mother? Like, I don't think she was one of his guests, but like, was she, though?
1: Mm-hmm. i don't
0: know like she's married but still so was that like princess lady that he slept with like i think there's also that kind of thing where there's always an undercurrent and that's why like zero is always like you're flirting with my girlfriend because like he at the end of the day like he is like he's a womanizer right he, I, yeah like, at
1: the end of the day he is yeah.
0: not that you know he's still a very likable character and i right
1: think that yeah Mad, I, I think that he's no. likable because it's like he just has it, at least it feels to me, he just genuinely has all these love for all these people, you know? Yeah. And that also at the end of the day, you know, he does feel like it's part of his job to like, you know, please right. these people as much as humanly possible. Right. Like to l- even do Even everything if it means
0: take. phoning them.
1: Yeah, exactly. No matter, he was zero, was like, She's eighty-five. I
0: loved, yeah, when he was like, "She's a dynamite in the sack,"
1: and he's like, "I've had older."
0: <laughs> like, yeah, he okay,
1: was like, he's go like, off. He's like, "Yeah, I I prefer the women who are." What was the word that he used? Like, uh, well, he
0: compared them to steak. Is all I remember. Is he was like, he was like, "Sure, you can have like a fillet mignon or whatever. It's like a nicer cut of of." beef or whatever and he was like but like I prefer the ones with more flavor uh
1: yeah maybe or did he say like more charred or something
0: no he said more flavor he said they have more flavor he was like the other cuts he was like sure you can have like a choice cut but the others have more flavor or something like that
1: yeah and he was like and I appreciate those flavors or something like that yeah yeah, Good I, I, I loved Good. that detail about him. It was like, it felt very out of nowhere, but he like stood by it so strongly that I was Well, like, and
0: it's like the first time they readily... Because like, again, they allude to the fact that he's sleeping with all these women, but then that's the first time they readily acknowledge like, oh no, he's fucking these ladies. <laughs> like he
1: is... Bo- bone in. He's
0: getting them on. And I also like, I missed too that at the end of the day, like zero traded all his wealth old zero traded all his wealth just for the hotel because uh of all the memories of it which is interesting because i was like he theoretically like i guess we don't know how long after ray fine's character dies how long he um he owned the hotel Mm -hmm. but like you know for all we know the the movie takes place over a course of a couple months probably yeah right it's not
1: a long time it doesn't cover a long time span right
0: yeah so I I don't know I do find it really interesting that you know it's so formative and everything when it's such a short time period
1: and and a short and a short film and it, it's, oh, like, it's, it's really it's a short it. story and it's like and, and I realized like like as I was watching because I didn't um even though I'd like read the IMDb description I didn't really remember it so like I really went into this not knowing like what it was about you know well and, had you seen it before no <gasps> Oh, this is my first oh! I did not it. know that. Yeah, okay. I've never seen it. So, like, when it first started, I was like, "Okay, when is this movie gonna start?" Because you know, it starts with like <sighs> the writer getting there, and then like right. meeting the guy, and then the guy right. is starting to tell the story. So it's right. like you've got this like kind of a little bit long-winded intro and long-winded outro, but like, it, and then the stories—it's already an hour and thirty-six minute movie, and then the story's like right. in between that, right? You know like like the jude yeah. Lo- like the oh, jude sorry, law character of the, of the writer you know what was the importance of him he just kind of felt superfluous
0: i think it was just a narrative device it was like they both he and zero were based upon i think real life people and so oh, okay. like the story is not real but like jude law's character is based upon a real writer i think it's i mean especially watching this now after seeing what sanderson's more recent films is like it was interesting to see it and be like, oh, he's always... Well, and even when you go back to, like, Royal Tenenbaums and whatever, like, he's always liked having a narrative device to get you into the story mm-hmm. rather than just be, like, just tell the story. He likes to have someone to tell you the story. Yeah, right. like yeah, that's Like, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. always that narrative quality. Like, Royal Tenenbaums is a book that you start reading and that's what the movie is. Right. Um, Asteroid City is a play. Like, there's just... I don't know why, but he loves framing his films within these other narrative devices. Dude loves a good frame. Dude loves a good frame. Well, and he does love a good frame. Like I really, I appreciate it as well that like the the set '60s scenes uh, were set, uh, they were shot wide angle and set like I don't know what is that nine sixteen sixteen and nine or whatever, and then it. Went to 4-3 when it was the rest of the movie. Like, tch, loves a good frame.
1: And, and, it, and it loves a good frame. Everything is always so symmetrical. Dude is a fan yeah. of symmetry. Dude must do yoga. Dude must do, wait, why yoga? Because yoga is all about symmetry, doing the same exact thing on <laughs> uh, both sides. I would argue most workouts you should be doing the same thing Exactly, both sides. but
0: sometimes <laughs> they don't yeah that's fair that's fair we all have a dominant
1: side we do and a dominant side <laughs> you said it not me you took it there not me
0: <laughs> whatever Oh,
1: hey. oh feature feature from cat? my cat yep
0: we have a cat in cat in the wings
1: cat in um, the house
0: cat in the, oh hi viola yeah, I don't know. I like yeah, like I said, I like this one more than a lot of his recent movies. I was not a, the biggest Moonrise Kingdom fan, and even though everyone else was.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um
0: it just didn't work for me. Uh, I just didn't think the kids were the best actors. <sighs> yes. <laughs> There's a cat fully in front of Amelia's face right now. what's happening oh oh there we go cat is off (laughs) amelia's back (laughs) are you back you're you're muted still
1: (laughs) okay have you seen barbie (laughs) i have seen barbie what did you think of it
0: i liked it uh yeah i thought it was fun so we actually this is there's a through line here noah bombach co-wrote life aquatic with wes anderson and he also co-wrote the barbie movie um yeah i thought it was fun uh, you know i didn't think the message was like particularly deep um i appreciated that like some of the plots that it seemed like they were gonna set up they didn't set up which i appreciated um like you've seen it mm-hmm. So like the the daughter who was like, kind of like, oh, I'm not into that stuff. I thought that the movie was going to pivot to being like, the daughter is going to learn how to like reconnect with her childhood self and like play with dolls again. And like, I really appreciated that they didn't go there and they just like let her be a teenager. And I was like, great. amazing Like she's just a salty teenager. Who actually
1: genuinely does not like Barbie. (laughs) Yes. And that's fine. Like I did appreciate that. Um,
0: but yeah, I don't know. I, I, I thought it could have been shorter for sure. Uh, I found it a little ironic that a movie about Barbie, the stole was this, the show was 100% stolen by Ken.
1: Right. (laughs) Like he he was just so fantastic. He was so fantastic. And so was Alan. And I, I thought like, I thought with Barbie, they did everything they could to make Barbie empowering even though fundamentally that is not what barbie is or ever has been about like they 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 got really creative with the concept of barbie and the world of it and all that in order to make it as empowering as possible for women but i do think it's a little bit whitewashing what barbie is
0: well and they somewhat acknowledge you know like that there's some line in it that's like you make women hate themselves like you've always made women hate and i do appreciate that they acknowledged it i don't know i'm a little bit like at the end of the day it's it's like a you know it's a it's a pop movie right like it's not gonna be the deepest headiest thing in the world and that's fine
1: yeah <laughs> like it has grossed fine. over a billion dollars now i saw that Good,
0: which you know what I love Greta Gerwig though it's also yeah. one of those things where I'm like if nothing else I hope it like just gets people Greta Gerwig is a fantastic yeah greger. I
1: hope everybody watches Frances Ha because of this
0: yes yes exactly like all of her earlier work is just so good and I mean Lady Bird is one of my favorite movies of all time uh, it's so fucking good um, which oh there was a Lady Bird reunion in Grand Budapest Hotel. Uh, Lucas Hedges had a brief cameo, and he was like With the- Saoirse Ronan. Yeah,
1: yeah, Yes. yes. I was. Uh, has Sersha ever been in like another Wes Anderson movie? I was like so surprised to see her face. I can't remember
0: if she has been or not. Um, I do. It, it, I was like, oh, this is like the. This was the time when um, Sersha Ronan and Lucas Hedges. I feel like there were a few years where they were both everywhere right like they were just all over the place um yeah i don't know that she has oh she was in french dispatch as well
1: oh okay which
0: which yeah is the one that i just like you know didn't enjoy but whatever Mm
1: -hmm.
0: whatever what do i know i'm just Uh, a film major
1: with a film podcast
0: i'm just a film major with a film podcast
1: that's all i am that's all I ever will be. Oh. But yeah, I would give this film oh, obviously yeah. a seven. I
0: think I was going to say that too. Yeah. Maybe,
1: maybe even an eight. I
0: could probably go as high as an eight just because, and again, so much of that is hard where it's like, <laughs> I feel like we carry the weight of all these movies we've watched in every rating we give, you know, where it's like, relative to everything else we've we've been put through for this we take our body
1: of work with us yes i mean it's the same
0: thing well it's the same thing every actor when you see an actor you carry all their roles they've ever played Mm -hmm. with them right which can work to your advantage sometimes when you are going against type and like you know someone very likable plays a villain or whatever like that's great but um Yeah, I, yeah, I, you know, I, maybe I'll settle at a 7.5 because I can't decide between seven and eight.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, Yeah, solid. I mean, it's one of those, you know, I feel like too, it's, you'll know if you're the kind of person who will like this movie, right? Like if you like, I mean, I don't know why you'd listen to this necessarily if you haven't seen it, but um, if you like Wes Anderson, you'll probably like this movie. Um, Particularly if you like the kind of more like Fantastic Mr. Fox level Wes Anderson where it is very like I don't know like I feel like he he, you can divide him into two eras which is like Royal Tenenbaums and before and then everything else and 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 Life Aquatic does I feel like sit right in between those two genres Mm -hmm. where it's like a little more whimsical but people still feel real and then after that movie I just kind of felt like all of his characters started feeling like caricatures like they and not always in a bad way like it works in this movie right yeah
1: because there was honesty at the base of the relationship yes exactly
0: like but you know do i necessarily expect i would ever meet these humans no but but it it like doesn't take away from the story in in this case right um which, you know, that also probably plays into a little bit, like, framing it as a book. It's like, it, there is a lot, like, they they do feel like book characters. Like, they feel mm-hmm. so colorful in a mm-hmm. way that I feel like every character is colorful in this movie that feels how people in, in books are often written.
1: But yeah. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed watching this movie. Our next cinematic um, undertaking Yes. is uh, a mini-series called Houdini. Two-episode mini-series. Follow the man behind the magic as he finds fame, engages in espionage, battles spiritualists, and encounters the greatest names of the era, from U.S. presidents to Sir Arthur Conan Doyle and Gregory Rasputin. Oh, yeah. oh
0: interesting. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so they, we decided, uh, you know, we're not doing TV shows for this series, for this podcast rather, but because it is free on Tubi and is only two episodes, we decided that a miniseries counts. It's basically like a double movie. Yeah. Uh, So, you know, watch along with us. It's on Tubi. You have no reason not to watch this. It's literally, yeah, right. (laughs) But it's on Tubi. And spiritualism is a very fascinating time during American culture. I love talking about spiritualism. I feel like we are due for a spiritualist renaissance. And by that, I mean, not actually literally spiritualism, but after periods of great upheaval, uh, right. culture tends to find very interesting religions and whatnot, which might kind of be what Trump is. Um, <laughs>
1: one could make
0: an argument for that um but yeah I I just think it's a super fascinating thing and I I wish there I've been thinking about this like spiritualism is so ripe for like a really good ghost movie and lately I've been very team like why aren't there more ghost movies I love I love ghost movies Yes, (laughs) Yes, <laughs> because a lot of times I don't know, and I also like I think just like a mystery ghost movie is really amazing versus the like I'm gonna eat your soul demon ghost movie. Yes. Like no, no, no. I yes, want, I want just like spooky. We're trying to figure out what happened to this right. ghost. Yes, ghost.
1: Be. right that's where L- like, I a, like a sixth sense ghost movie
0: yeah yeah exactly where it's like kind of more of a psychological drama slash thriller than it is like a a, a gory horror right.
1: film right that's right
0: yes i am definitely in yeah that where vein. there's
1: like a, a story you're trying to put together
0: yes and i'm not sure if i've ever said this but uh it, well amelia do you believe in ghosts yes Oh, interesting. Okay. So I am firmly in camp. I don't believe in ghosts, but I had my, a a friend told me this thing once that is now my modus operandi, which he said, I was like, do you believe in ghosts? And he goes, no, but I'm not going to fuck around with that. And I was like, yeah, okay. I am in that camp where it's like, I don't believe in ghosts, but I'm also like, I'm not going to fuck around with it, you know? Like, I have, gonna...
1: so I went to an estate sale like a month or two, maybe three ago, and I found a Ouija board there that was $1, so I got it. And this Ouija board has been sitting in my apartment and just everyone that I asked to do Ouija with is like, what the fuck are you doing? How, why are you trying to fuck with that? One of my you friends should also, like... You should read about the origins of a Ouija board
0: because it uh, it's culturally- Was never it. It literally was a game, and it was never turned into the like spookiness until the spiritualist movement actually. Oh, really. Yes. So I believe so. I need to double check my sources on that, but but it's really funny that it's become such like a staple of like, oh Ouija board when like literally originally it was like, Let's play a
1: fun game, Ouija. Oh wow. Yeah, no. People are like, Why are you fucking with that? Why are you trying to open a portal? Like, why are you messing with that? <sighs>
0: Yeah, again, would I do a Ouija board? No, even though I know the origins. I just don't, I don't want to fuck around with it. Do I sage every single house I move into? Yes.
1: Yeah, right, okay. Okay. You you don't believe in them, but just in case.
0: Well, it's not even a just in case. Like, for me, it feels more like like rituals are super important, right? Like, and even though I don't believe in a ghost, it's like knowing that I took the time to be like, this new chapter of my life is going to be a good one. Like that feels a little more important than like, oh, spirits get out of the house. It's less that and more like, hey, this is a new era. Let's embrace that. Do you believe in aliens? Um, yes. The asterisk of that yes is, um, certainly the probability of some sort of life form existing in the vastness of the universe is there right like but i think it's like i don't know that it's tiny green men with giant eyes and more necessarily like it might be a single celled amoeba or whatever like like that for sure exists somewhere Mm. intelligent life i don't know i don't know I'm less willing to like make a case for it.
1: I Yeah. Guess. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Just for for your knowledge, Amelia. Yeah.
1: Well, because they're that they had that whole thing where they found the bodies. I know. Bodies.
0: Yes. Well, and that's yeah, that's interesting. And I don't. I I didn't pay enough attention to it to feel like I can uh, readily comment on it in general. And
1: and that, and I kind of love that. That's where we're at as a culture, where like the the like. the government is basically telling us we have found non-human bodies and we're like, we don't have time for this. Honestly. Well,
0: the government, I mean, three people, three people
1: told the government that we have
0: non-human bodies, right? Or how many more do you need? Here. I, I guess in that case, like, again, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know enough about it. I don't know their, their, their vibes or whatever. Uh, I also though fit into the camp of like. I don't know, brains are cra- Brains do crazy stuff, man. I don't know. I I just. <laughs> the brains make us see what we want to see, you know. Like I I don't know. I don't know. Brain but again, it is. It truly is. I mean, it gets us movies like. Grand Budapest Hotel and, and
1: and detachment and you know and, and we and detachment
0: and Ouija boards and whatever else you you could hope for but um, yeah I don't know any any last thoughts
1: um just it, hell, it was a delight to watch a nice film this is oh, truly this this Fortnite was a delight
0: it was and I'm I am a little excited about Houdini even though I, yeah. I think it has like mixed reviews I just you know. Give me a solid period piece. Let's go, you
1: know? Let's go. With with our man, our boy, really front and center, just carrying this.
0: Front and center. Let's, let's see, see how he does. He can... <laughs> let's say, let's see if that great weight upon his shoulders, uh, he, he can, can handle. handle it. Yeah. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening, as always. Um, we love you. Send us an email, BrodyFestNotQuest at gmail.com. Um, and Emilio's cat is still just sitting in front of her face. It's amazing. <laughs> Uh, All right, well, thanks so much. We love you. We love you. Bye. Bye. Adrian Brody.